0: Reports suggest there might be huge amounts of spot Bitcoin ETF inflows, but they're locked behind due diligence. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Baggs, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay ahead of the curve in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. You could be fooled into thinking that was a quiet weekend for crypto, but if you lift the lid, you'll see there is plenty I need to update you on. Firstly, we have the Bloomberg report that suggests that the Spot Bitcoin ETF hype stalled because of due diligence. Then we have the crypto teacher who lost $1.2 million worth of his students' funds. The Farcaster Protocol sees a huge spike in daily active users. And two significant stories about FTX, including new questions on the legal team's profits. This weekend, Anna Paula Pereira published an article discussing the notion that the spot Bitcoin ETFs hype might have been stalled by due diligence from certain companies. The prompt was a report by Bloomberg on Saturday in which companies such as LPL Financial Holdings, one of the largest independent broker-dealers in the US, are holding fire with the spot Bitcoin ETFs until they have a better understanding of how they perform. Rob Petman, Vice President of Wealth Management Solutions for LPL Financial, said, We just want to see how they work in the market." He added that it's important to make sure that they, the ETFs, are durable over time, that there is a good investment thesis. That's ultimately the position we normally come from when evaluating these. LPL Financial's due diligence is expected to be complete within three months, at which point the Spot Bitcoin ETFs would be made available to nearly 19,000 independent financial advisors that are overseeing $1.4 trillion in assets. Bloomberg's ETF analyst James Seyfart suggested that this sort of due diligence isn't going to be unusual, saying a lot of these big institutions, these warehouses, these platforms where brokers or advisors work, they can't just buy anything they want. There's like an approved list and a not approved list. Seyfart also highlighted that the widespread adoption of the spot Bitcoin ETFs might be a little slower than expected. However, he did predict $10 billion in inflows in the first year, which still looks likely. The big question is, if LPL Financial make the spot Bitcoin ETFs available to those 19,000 independent financial advisors, what sort of inflows will that result in? I don't often start by reading the headline of an article, but this one by Kieran Lyons is just too good crypto teacher loses students' $1.2 million investment in fake hedge fund. Okay, so we've all seen those crypto trading courses. They're usually offered by someone barely old enough to drink while loitering in a garage near a supercar. Perhaps there are some genuine articles out there, but I would rather let my two-year-old son point at tokens he likes the logo of and invest in them. Nevertheless, they are popular and they vary massively in quality. Well, this story might not be about the worst case, but it certainly is one of the more bizarre The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission alleges that from early 2018 to mid-2019, Brian Sewell, a crypto trading course instructor and the founder of Rockwell Capital Management, encouraged investment from his students where his hedge fund would use artificial intelligence and machine learning technology to maximise investors' returns in crypto. The statement published by the SEC reads, The complaint alleges that Sewell, who resided in Hurricane Utah before relocating to Puerto Rico, received approximately $1.2 million from 15 students. Students, but never launched the fund nor executed the trading strategies he advertised to investors. The complaint alleges that Sewell took his students' investments totaling $1.2 million, he stuck them in Bitcoin, he left them in Bitcoin, and then he had his crypto wallet hacked and lost their entire investment. Sewell's Rockwell Capital Management has agreed to return the $1.2 million back to the investors, along with pre-judgment interest of approximately $402,000. If the court approves this settlement, Sewell himself will pay a civil penalty of 223 dollars There have been some warnings around this sort of thing from both the SEC and the Commodities and Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC. The SEC warned, Whether it's AI, crypto, DeFi or some other buzzword, the SEC will continue to hold accountable those who claim to use attention-grabbing technologies to attract and defraud investors. It's just too early on a Monday to start picking that apart. Meanwhile, the CFTC's warnings were more specific, highlighting trading bots, trade signal algorithms and other AI-assisted technologies. Centralised and Web3 social media has been a strange affair thus far. We've seen wild success, but it has typically been short lived. The buzz around Friend.tech, for example, was feverish last year, but on a June dashboard created by CryptoCoryo, we can see that daily transactions have fallen by 97% from the all-time highs of last August. Well, the Farcaster protocol is currently going parabolic. Fastcaster is a decentralized network for social media applications that was founded by the ex-Coinbase engineer Dan Romero and Varun Srinivasan back in 2020. Now, what makes this particular surge of use more interesting is that according to data on June Analytics, the daily active users for the Fastcaster network has been on a gentle incline for months. And then toward the end of January, it started picking up the pace. On the 28th of January, it reached a high of 5,000 daily active users. But this Saturday, the 3rd of February, it was at 24,700. What's more, the number of casts, which is similar to tweets, shot up 1,000% in the same time frame. There were 200,000 casts per day in the week leading up to the 28th of January and more than 2 million casts per day as of the 3rd of February. The influx of new users and the consequent spike in activity has been linked to a new innovation called Frames. Frames is an innovative new feature on the social media app Warpcast, which is built on the Farcaster network. That was a lot of new words. So just to be clear, the Farcaster network has a social media app on it called Warpcast, which has a new feature called Frames. Frames allows users to engage with links, read blog posts, answer surveys, engage with applications, mint NFTs, claim tokens and make transactions, all without leaving the Warpcast app. This is done by using Farcaster's EDDSA authentication system, which, as founder Romero puts it, means there is no wallet drain risk for transactions made via a frame. Yesterday, Romero posted on X to say that Warpcast has seen such huge traffic spikes that the team had to work on the network after it resulted in degraded activity. Could this be the first Web3 social media to achieve lasting success? I have two FTX stories to update you on and the second one is a real talking point. Firstly, FTX is seeking court approval to sell its entire stake in the AI firm Anthropic according to a court filing this weekend. Sam Bankman-Fried invested $530 million in Anthropic in April 2022 and evidence suggests that the money came from customer deposits. Alameda Research, FTX's sister company, held roughly 13.56% of Anthropic after its Series B funding round, which was diluted down to 7.8% as of January. However, in December last year, Anthropic was valued at $18 billion and Alameda's stake was now worth $1.4 billion up from the $530 million initial investment. FTX has submitted the motion to sell the entire stake to recover funds and fully repay customers. Okay, the second story is really something. During the hearing last week in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the District of Delaware, FTX lawyer Andy Dietrich of Sullivan and Cromwell made it clear that despite extensive efforts, there will be no FTX 2.0. That is, the idea to relaunch the crypto exchange was no longer being pursued. Now, you might remember from episodes a month or so ago that the legal bills around FTX's bankruptcy are staggering. From November 2022 to June 2023, the lawyers and restructuring team billed over $200 million. Let me just quote Amika Walkoch's article here. In the quarter ending October 31, 2023, FTX spent around $53,000 per hour on legal and advisory fees, according to recent compensation filings. Documents from December the 5th to December the 16th, 2023, reveal that the bankruptcy legal team billed at least $118.1 million from August the 1st to October the 31st, 2023, averaging $1.3 million per day or $53,300 per hour over ninety days. So the scrapping of FTX 2.0 raises the question of how much time, and therefore money, was spent on this fruitless endeavour. The former SEC official John Reed Stark took to X to express his thoughts on it, and frankly, it's a fantastic read. I'll link to it in the episode's description, but here are some highlights from his rather long post. The FTX bankruptcy team's lawyers should send thank you notes to all FTX customers. Why? Because thanks to the FTX customers, each member of the FTX legal bankruptcy team can now probably afford to buy a new beach house in 2024. On the topic of this FTX 2.0 scrapping, Stark said, Dare I ask this question? How much illegal and consulting fees were scavenged from the rotting corpse of FTX before coming to this patently obvious conclusion? Stark ended the post with the following pithy haymaker, though he loses points for making a pun out of his own name. He wrote, No matter what the FTX customers ultimately get back, the stark reality is that this was highway robbery of highway robbers. That was a beautiful turn of phrase to end the episode on. And as you've heard, even when it feels like it's a little bit quiet in crypto, it never really is. The space is just so big now, there are always narratives brewing. And in a way, it's more important to listen to this podcast when there aren't these major billboard headlines, because you're almost exclusively getting the stories that most will miss. But that is your Monday debrief done. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. And as always, if you have any thoughts on these stories, send them on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags on X. I've always got one eye on my notifications. OK, have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.